Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shaney Silver, and I want to change the narrative around being single because so far it's had pretty bad PR. What if we stopped seeing single life as wrong and stopped trying so hard to fix it by finding partnership at any cost? Relationships are amazing and we deserve to have them. We just don't deserve to be miserable in the meantime. If you're ready to stop hating single life and to recognize that loving single life doesn't mean you'll be single forever, keep listening. This podcast publishes new episodes every Monday. You can find one episode per month on all your favorite free access platforms. All other weekly episodes are accessible by becoming a patron of this podcast on Patreon. You'll find the link in the show notes for this episode. By becoming a patron, you'll also get access to the Facebook group for this podcast, a supportive community space for celebrating single life, not just for dealing with it. There's so much joy, freedom, and potential in being single. My fear is that if we only ever see our singlehood as something that's wrong with us, something that has to be fixed as soon as possible by finding a partner, we'll miss out on a really important time in our lives, and we might even settle for less than what we really want. If you're sick of the shame of being single and sick of feeling helpless and unable to feel better, this is your podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a single serving podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you. And if you've been listening forever, thank you for coming back. I'm happy to have you as well. Um, I'm Shani Silver. I host this podcast because I wasn't a big fan of the way single people, particularly single women, were talked about, treated, and and therefore um, I didn't like the ways that we felt about ourselves and the ways that we regarded our own singlehood. I couldn't find anything in the world that was created for single women that was not about dating or lack or shame in one way or another. So I decided to create a podcast to start changing those narratives. Um, and I hope that's what this podcast is doing. Um, I also did something else. About two weeks ago, I published my very first book. It's called A Single Revolution, Don't Look for a Match, Light One. You can find it on Amazon. No matter where you live in the world, you can find it on Amazon. And um, it's insane that I get to say that out loud. <laughs> it's wild to me that it exists, that it has been published, and that it has had such an overwhelmingly positive reception from this audience and others. And I really appreciate everyone who has purchased the book, who has uh, told people about the book. And thank you so much to all of you who have left reviews. Um, I will not get into everything the book is about in this episode because uh, you can go to Amazon and check that out. But I did want to read one review in particular, both to say thank Thank you to this reviewer, but also just to give people listening kind of um, a little window into why the book exists, why I wrote it, um, because I think this review really nails it. So the title of the review is There is Nothing Wrong With You. And this reviewer says, in a culture that often seems hell-bent on convincing single women that they are wrong, they're failing, they're too picky, this book truly is a revolution. It explores and reframes the negative messages we've been fed, while daring to suggest that being single is not punishment to escape, but a gift to be enjoyed. Silver celebrates the joys and freedoms of singlehood with wit and contagious optimism. I especially appreciate her rejection of the false choice between frantically dating or swearing off relationships altogether. Instead, she suggests a third choice, living a full and happy life while looking forward to future partnership whenever it comes. I love that review so much. It absolutely nails it. It nails why I wrote this book, why I think it's important to read this book. Um, I wrote it for people who are sick 
of being sick of being single because we don't deserve to be sick of any situation in our lives. Um, we are here for more than that. We are here for so much more than dating and searching and frustration and longing and lack. We are here on earth for so much more than that. And my hope is that in reading this book, it can open single women up to a full life, not just a life that centers dating, uh, which can often feel very uh, disappointing, very punishing, very cruel, very unfair. Um, and I think that we're here for a lot more than that. So um, that's what I hope this book is doing. And um, yeah, thank you all so much. Um, and if you would like to purchase the book, there's obviously a link in the show notes, or you can go search for it on Amazon. If you would rather purchase this book at your local bookstore, here's what you do. I am a self-published author, and that means that my book does not automatically show up in all of the bookstores like other books would. Um, but local bookstores are often very receptive to requests from shoppers. So if you would like to purchase this book from them, you can simply ask them to carry it and uh, to support you because you've taken the time to support me. Um, if you let me know the name of your local bookstore, I will reach out to them as well. And I will also ask that they carry the book. I think two requests are better than one. So um, um, I'm happy to support you in that effort. If you would like to let me know that you've done that, just email me at a single serving podcast at gmail.com and I will reach out to them. So what else do I want to talk to you about today? Um, I have a really, really special episode. Um, it was inspired by a listener and I thought the idea made so much sense that I had to, I had to create it. This listener is a member of my podcast's Patreon. Um, so this podcast publishes every Monday morning over on Patreon. And for $5 a month, you get to listen to a brand new episode every week. You also get access to the private Facebook group for this podcast. And as soon as you join, you get instant access to every episode I have ever published. So that's a lot for a little. And I want to say thank you to all of my Patreon patrons for um, supporting this podcast, for paying for the content that you enjoy. Um, that's a really big deal. And I don't take it lightly. So I wanted to say thank you to all of you. And now um, I'm going to get into some stuff. So the intention of this audience or this audience, the intention of this episode actually isn't uh, for my audience to listen to. It's actually for anyone who is a family member or a friend of someone in my audience to listen to. Uh, this episode is designed to be shared with people you love to help them reframe singlehood in much the same way we have as a community. Um, and my hope is that this episode is delivered with love and helps everyone have more understanding and ultimately a happier holiday season and far beyond. Uh, because we are about to get into it. We are about to start spending more time together. We are so lucky uh, that we get to that hopefully the um, effects of the pandemic are waning. Everyone is getting vaccinated and we're able to gather again. That is my that is my strong hope. Um, and when we do gather, I would like for that to be a positive, loving, warm, inviting experience for single people. And um, for us, sometimes it's not. So I hope that this episode serves to, to help. So uh, what follows are going to be common scenarios and situations that we as singles often find ourselves in when we're among family and friends. Um, and you should know that 100% of them were actually submitted from my listeners. Um, lest you think I'm making this stuff up, uh, it is real. It is happening to us. And we want to be a part of educating the people that we love um, because we love you and <laughs> because single people deserve just as much respect as everyone else. So before I even get into it, I am, I think a really good 
reframe for anyone listening to this, um, before we even get into the singlehood scenarios, the first reframe for anyone listening, especially if you're listening to this because someone sent you this episode, first of all, as you hear what I'm about to say, think to yourself, I'm not being accused. I'm being educated. You're about to hear a lot of things that are going to sound really different from all the ways you've spoken to the single people that you love. And you might feel upset because you never meant to do anything wrong or offensive to them. And of course you didn't. A huge premise of my work is reframing very common societal narratives that we are all familiar with using because they're actually not offering kindness or respect to singles, even though causing emotional harm was never the intention. That's some of the reason why this stuff can feel so painful is it's often always said with love, with concern, with sincerity. Um, but those intentions aren't enough anymore. It's, it's not enough to, to mean well any longer. Um, because there's a whole host of societal narratives around singlehood that we just take as fact, that we just accept as okay, that we continue to engage in with the single people in our lives, but those things aren't okay to do. They were never okay to do. Um, So I'm just one person talking into a microphone telling you how and why they're not okay and what we can do instead in the hopes of making the experience of being a single person, particularly a single woman, especially a single woman over 30, um, a more positive experience because we deserve one. So we are not accusing anyone of anything or demanding any kind of apology for that matter. Um, we're simply giving you our perspective so that you know how what you do and say actually affects us as single people. Um, because we're not going to just quietly absorb things that hurt us anymore. We're not going to shrug and smile away the things that are offensive to us, um, even when, and maybe most especially when they're said from a place of love. Um, because if they're said from a place of love, to me, a place of love is a place that can change because change can be fueled by that love too. Um, And saying something rude from a place of love still involves bad manners, (laughs) but the great news is that we don't have to hold on to these bad manners. They are really easy to fix. All you need is a little bit of perspective from the single side of things. So that is what we are going to get into in this episode, and I am so excited. So scenario number one, the first thing we're going to get into is one that I think is pretty familiar to everybody. It is, I just want you to be happy. We're going to start out with a heavy hitter. This is a classic chestnut that single people receive from loved ones all the time. Because it's true, right? You just want your single loved ones to be happy. And on that, we agree. We want to be happy too. But here's the thing. When you say, I just want you to be happy to a single person, but not to any of your coupled relatives, you're telling that single person that there's only one way for them to be happy, your way. And your way means with a partner or spouse. You're also invalidating them if they currently are happy. You're telling them that singlehood happiness doesn't count because it's less than. Sorry, there's like a plane flying over my head. (laughs) That happens on this podcast. You'll hear more of that. Um, So you're telling them that, that singlehood happiness doesn't count because it's less than. It's a lower class of happiness than what coupled people have. Um, But here's something new that I want you to think about. Singlehood and unhappiness don't go together. There is no inherent bond between those two things and any mental pairing that you have between being single and being unhappy is entirely made up by the societies we've all grown up in. 
we come by these thoughts very honestly. We were all raised in the same world and singlehood has had a terrible reputation in the world that we've grown up in. So I'm just trying to give it a little bit better PR than it's had in the past, because when you dig into what singlehood actually is, it's incredibly free. It is compromiseless. It is full of possibility and potential and it is a life tailored to that individual person um, that I want that person to enjoy rather than shut their eyes to and try to survive until the the point in their lives when they meet someone and then they'll consider their lives real. Um, Our lives are real right now and they're really good right now and I don't want us to miss that. So the idea that singlehood and unhappiness are two things that inherently go together is just simply false. Um, single people are not only allowed to be happy, but I actually strongly encourage us to locate our own happiness for ourselves. Um, because an unhappy person entering into a relationship thinking that will bring them happiness, that's putting the responsibility onto that relationship to make them happy. And it's never a relationship's responsibility to make us happy. It's always going to be our own responsibility. So when someone you love who is single pushes back on you for invading the romantic boundaries with questions or suggestions, when you tell them, I'm just doing this because I just want you to be happy, that isn't an excuse for the things you've said and done. It's an invalidation of the happiness they already have, which then makes them feel like they have to defend their happiness to someone who clearly doesn't believe them. That is invalidating and that is disrespectful. When you invalidate a single person's happiness, we feel like nothing we do or say can please you or make you believe us, but it's never our job to please you or to convince you what we know about our own lives and feelings. It's just your job to respect us. When we say we are happy, it's your job to say, great, I'm happy you're happy. If you just want someone to be happy, understand that happiness is fully allowed to include being happy while single. And that doesn't mean that we have to choose singlehood to be happy. It means that we can be happy while we are single and still look forward to future relationships. We can have both and we can be both. Let's not paint rules around single people that don't exist because that is both unfair and unnecessary. So please don't tell a single person, I just want you to be happy because you don't mean that. What you mean is, I just want you to meet someone. Let's say what we mean. Let the single person in your life know that you hope they are happy. And ask them how you can be involved in their happy life without making their relationship status the center of that life. Because dating and the search for someone is not the center of a single person's world. They are the center of their own world. And it would be really amazing if this is the year we could start treating them like it. So scenario number two is small talk. Hands down, small talk hurts single people more than insults straight to the face do. That is a huge part of why I'm doing this episode because we are so done with the effortless, outdated small talk that is so common in our world, but also makes us feel small, makes us feel less than, and it simply makes us feel like the only thing you see when you see us is our singlehood. 
We are a whole lot more than our singlehood. So start seeing all of us or we're not coming to Christmas. Cool? Just checking. The most common piece of small talk I'm referring to here is this. How's dating going? It's the first question your gut will want to ask the single person at the table when there's a lull in conversation. Your brain is looking for the easiest path forward. And unfortunately, single people are often offered up as entertainment for others in this way. Um, Think about it. You never shout down the table, hey, cousin Amy, how happy is your marriage these days? But that's the exact same thing as asking a single person how dating is going. Without realizing it, by asking this question, you've immediately upset your single person and likely caused them some shame too. Um, Because dating isn't the fun, frivolous, bubbly space that you think it is from the movies and television. It's actually an incredibly difficult, often fruitless, um, kind of cruel space sometimes. And for those of us who have been single for a long time, like a really long time, simply asking us about dating is triggering. First of all, if we wanted you to know how dating was going, we would tell you. If we had news to share in that area of our lives that we wanted you to know, we would tell you. Just as a pregnant or expecting couple uh, will tell you about the baby when it's time for you to know, a single person will tell you they're in a relationship when it's time to. Anything before then is simply not your business. Asking us how dating is going is actually a challenge for us because you don't actually want to know. You don't actually want us to tell you the truth of what's really happening in the dating space, because when we do that, we get painted with a complaining brush, or we're told that our own attitude is the thing that's keeping us single. When the people telling us that have never spent a dollar, much less thousands of dollars on a dating industry, that's never given you anything more than new things to talk about in therapy. But that's what's happening to us. You have no idea what dating is actually like, so please do not ask us how it's going. How's dating going? Not well. It's most likely not going well. But if you're asking us that question around uh, friends or around family at the holidays, you're forcing a single person to invent some version of their life that's even remotely comprehensible on the spot, just so we won't sound like we're too negative or complaining or any other completely valid thing to be when we're dealing with what we're dealing with. Don't ask us to do that heavy lift for you as a matter of small talk. That is unfair and unkind. We're not here to dazzle you with dating stories. We're trying to exercise some self-care and some self-preservation when these dating stories actually happen to us. And that is not easy to do. It's even harder to do for years at a time. And actually, maybe being around family and friends at the holidays, that's one scenario for us that does not involve dating, and it's a welcome break. So let us have that. Let us have that without our dating and romantic lives being at the center of what's discussed about us, because we have a lot more going on than that. Scenario three is going to pertain to dating advice. Um, Another reason why we don't want to hear how's dating going is that if we tell you the truth of how difficult it is, you're most likely going to attribute that difficulty to us instead of to what the modern dating culture has actually become. Singleness is something that is consistently blamed on the single person themselves and never on the fact that two people simply haven't met yet. 
It's one of the core issues with the way singlehood is regarded and treated in our society. You met your spouse because of fate, because you were meant to be together, but somehow we're still single because we're not using the right profile pic? Please. Single people will no longer be accepting dating advice because we are not doing anything wrong simply by living and existing in the world as the ways we naturally show up. We will meet our future partners if we want them when we are meant to. In the meantime, your off-the-cuff suggestion or the first thing that popped into your head as dating advice isn't going to do the trick, I can assure you. Because we've been listening to dating advice for years, sometimes for decades, and nothing has worked. Further, nothing ever has to work. There are no consequences for you in your dating advice being wrong. But we are the ones who might have to deal with the consequences that come from taking it. What unsolicited dating advice does instead of helping us is belittle us and reiterate a very tired narrative that we're somehow causing our own singleness. Again, with the blame, I can't. You cannot blame a single person for being single because being single is not a wrong state of existence. I will say that again. You cannot blame a single person for being single because being single is not a wrong state of existence. Here's an example of how nonsense dating advice is. Um, You need to put yourself out there is the exact opposite of it'll happen when you least expect it. But you better believe single people hear both all the time and often from the same people. We love you, but you have no idea what you're talking about. Please don't act superior to us and give us dating advice that you yourself didn't have to take in order to meet your spouse by chance, luck, and timing, which is exactly what happened. If you're in a relationship and you've been in one for the last, let's say, five or more years, you have no idea what dating has become. You have no idea how toxic and punishing this space can be. And anytime you tell us to go back for more of it, you're telling us that you think we deserve it. And we don't. Unless you are literally hiding our future spouse in your back pocket, and if you are, for heaven's sake, take them out, keep your thoughts on our dating practices to yourself. The next time you're talking to someone single and a sentence pops into your head, if that sentence starts with, hey, have you tried? Just don't say it. Just don't. Just don't say it. First, because yes, we probably have about 50 times, and it never works. And second, because you offering advice tells us that you don't trust us with our own adult lives. That is very belittling, and we are not suggesting marriage counselors to you. Scenario four, the kids table. I want to make something very clear, especially to someone who has never even had a reason to think this way before, because I know many of us never have. Single people are real adults. We are not unfinished. We are not incomplete. And we do not belong at life's little kid's table, either figuratively or most certainly literally speaking. Our life status is not less than someone in a couple's life status. It is a wedding ring, not a diploma. We need to stop treating single people like we're waiting for them to graduate into adulthood with the acquisition of a partner. We are real adults. Treat us like real adults. Along similar lines, our time is also just as valuable and just as valid as your time. The ways that single people choose to spend their time isn't frivolous if we're not raising children, and it's not empty without a relationship. 
We fill our days with incredibly valid actions, and we never have to explain or qualify the way we choose to spend our time to someone else. The way we spend our time isn't less important simply because we're single. To quote one of my listeners, we aren't selfish hedonists. I love that phrase, selfish hedonists. We are not selfish hedonists. Singlehood and frivolity don't go together any more than singlehood and unhappiness go together. Let's stop pairing singlehood with assumptions just because we don't understand singlehood itself. If we can support your life choices, you can support ours because you're not better than us. The fact that you're partnered doesn't make you a better person. Also, we are the ones working additional hours and covering when parents have to reduce their hours to make it home by the time the kids get home or to relieve their childcare. We're the ones whose requests for vacation are deemed less important than yours because we're not spending our time off with a family, even though we're working just as hard as you, if not harder. We pay higher taxes that don't have partnered tax breaks, but you're getting more of the benefits of them. We're also not splitting our rent or mortgages, and you are. The crown of betterness worn by couples is imaginary, and single people aren't playing pretend along with you anymore. Couplehood is not better, it is not valid, and it is not more real than singlehood. They are equal states of existing. Treat us like your equals, not your lessers, or the thoughts we have in our heads will start coming out of our mouths, much like you've always done to us. For example, Wow, you're still single? You need to have a better attitude or you'll never find someone. Here, try this new dating app my coworker is using. That is the exact same thing as this. Wow, you've been married for how long? You seem so unhappy. Why are you staying married? Here, I have the number of a great divorce lawyer. It's the same thing. One is not more acceptable to say than the other simply because one is being said to someone who is single. Neither are okay. Scenario number five, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, This one is called You're Too Picky. My audience is very familiar with my thoughts on this topic, but for those who have never heard them, you're too picky is not dating advice. It is an insult. And if you really believe that someone you love is being too picky, then that means you're married because you weren't picky. When you say you're too picky, you're telling someone that they don't deserve what they want. And there is nothing, no length of time single, no age of life that they've achieved, nothing can make someone less worthy of what they want. Nothing. Nothing can affect our worthiness. We were born worthy. But when you tell somebody they're too picky, you're telling them that they're not good enough for what they want, that they don't deserve what they want, and you got what you wanted. So let's stop using this phrase. If you didn't marry the first person who came along, don't ask your single loved ones to take what they can get. If you weren't picky, we don't have to be either. We are not lower in value than you simply because we're single later in life than you happen to be. Along similar lines, let's stop telling single people that we're single because we want to be. (laughs) Again, let's stop blaming single people for our own singleness just because you can't figure out why we're single. We are not causing something that isn't actually wrong. So we can let go of the why. The why we're single doesn't matter because single isn't a problem. 
We are allowed to be happy and enjoy our singlehood while also desiring a relationship. Those two things can coexist and they can coexist much more easily without our friends and family making assumptions about what's wrong with us. Because none of you are perfect. Of that, I'm certain. We are single because we haven't met our partners yet. That's it. We didn't meet them as fast as you did. We are not wrong. You just had different timing. That's it. There is no requirement that single people stop being picky, aka settle, just so they can stop being single. Being in a relationship we settled for will never be better than being single because being single is the most free possibility filled time in our lives and binding ourselves to a relationship we settled for is a miserable way to live. You cannot complain about your spouse one minute and tell a single person to settle for whatever they can get the next. We simply see through it. Scenario six, celebration. Think of all the ways people have celebrated you as someone in a couple. The reaction to the news you were seeing someone, the engagement congratulations, the engagement party, the wedding shower, the wedding, the wedding gifts, the anniversary congratulations, all of it. And then remember that the single people in your life barely get taken to dinner on their birthday. I've spoken a lot about what the world can't get away with anymore, and it can't get away with reserving celebrations for people in couples and no one else. We hold relationships as sacred and never intrude into what happens behind closed doors, but we only celebrate people with piles of money and unreserved joy when we're pretty sure we know what's happening in there. Deciding to have sex with only one person and move in together and file taxes jointly is not the only reason to throw a party. New jobs, promotions at existing jobs, new homes, new pets, completing projects, conquering fears. There are so many things that single people do that are never celebrated by anyone outside of ourselves. All that happens is we just get another wedding invitation in the mail. Imagine something for me. Imagine there are two sisters. One has just bought her first home by herself and the other has just gotten engaged. How do you think their parents will react to each piece of news, even though one daughter is investing in her financial future and stability, and the other one is about to cost them a lot of money for something that has a 50-50 shot? That's what I mean by celebration. Scenario seven is my last one. It is expectations. This is the last thing I want to talk about. Um, And this one actually did not come from my audience. This one's all me. I think the expectations placed on single people are askew. For example, if you're the single person absorbing all of the incoming scenarios that I just described, you are allowed to have hurt feelings. You are allowed to be angry. You are allowed to be exhausted because that was a lot. And when we've taken in all of these offensive, belittling messages, well-meaning though they are, and now everybody knows that you don't get away with this stuff just because you meant well, when we take it all in, The one thing we never have to be for anyone else's benefit is in a good mood. We're allowed to be hurt by hurtful things. That doesn't make us too sensitive. We are allowed to be angry and that anger isn't keeping us single. We are allowed to have standards and that doesn't make us picky. We are allowed to walk away from people and situations that hurt us and that doesn't make us bitter. It means we're taking care of ourselves. It means we've learned to stop absorbing pain silently, 
just so the people we love never have to feel like they've hurt our feelings, even though they have. Single people are expected to be bright, upbeat, hopeful, cheerful people, no matter what they go through, or else those on the outside of that singlehood will see a bad mood or an attitude or visible frustration as the reason we're single. It's abhorrent and it's nonsense to offend a single person and then tell her the fact that she's offended is the reason she's alone. You guys, I promised my audience I wouldn't swear in this episode, but just so you know, that is really hard right now. Do not gaslight your singles. Do not hurt their feelings and then blame their singleness on the fact that they took offense to something that was offensive. We see through it now. It's not enough to mean well now. We need you to do more than mean well. We need you to do well too. I hope that this episode has broadened perspectives for people. I hope it lets you know that single people have just as many boundaries and closed doors as couples do. I hope I've made it clear that we deserve equal respect as those who are partnered because we are every bit as human. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Um, I'm not just a podcaster. I'm also a writer. I write a lot. Um, In addition to my book, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I also write on medium pretty frequently and definitely on the topic of singlehood. There is an essay that I recently wrote that I think illustrates a lot of what I'm talking about um, in a really clear way, in a really um, relatable scenario. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that essay right now, but I want to let anyone listening know that if you are listening, I'm sorry if you guys can hear the crows outside. There's nothing I can do. They love my porch. Okay. If you are listening and you're in the vicinity of kids or you don't particularly enjoy hearing swear words, um, there are going to be a couple coming up. So uh, feel free to turn this episode off if you'd rather not hear them. Um, Or if you can't listen to them right now, you can come back to it later. But I am going to read one of my essays and I am a very sweary writer. So I'm going to go ahead and read this for you. And um, some background about this essay is this. One of my patrons recently emailed me and she told me a story about a situation that happened to her at Costco. And um, there are, I get a lot of emails from my listeners. They are amazing people. They email me all the time. Um, it's, It's the most wonderful community I've ever been a part of. I hear stories all the time. I hear scenarios that single people have encountered all the time. We share them in our private Facebook group all the time and we support each other through them. Um, and most of them are, you know, I've, most of them I've heard before, I guess that's, that's what I mean. Um, because they're very common. There are things that happen to us all the time, uh, well-meaning as though they might be, uh, that are that are pretty common that we have to deal with all the time. But every now and then, there's a scenario that happens that lights a fire <laughs> underneath me that I cannot ignore, and then I write about it because um, I don't want anybody to have to go through this scenario again, and I also don't want people uh, who are not single to think that stuff like this is okay because it's not. And if you're listening and you're wondering, like, why do I bother? Why am I even going through the motions of having this podcast or writing this book or talking about this stuff ever. Um, by and large, we're talking about a massive cohort of human beings and their mental health, their mental health, their emotional health, their physical health. Um, we're talking about their satisfaction with their own lives. We're talking about people's lives and how something as simple and normal <laughs> and common as being single doesn't get to be a thing that makes us hate our lives or makes our lives far more difficult than they need to be. Um, 
we just don't deserve to live a lesser version of life because it's been really, really difficult for us to find love. We don't deserve that. So that's why I do what I do. Um, I care about single people. I am one. So I have intimate knowledge of the things that can happen to our mental health and our emotional health, our friendships, our relationships. Um, single is a really beautiful way to live. And I found a way to live it beautifully and happily and with fullness and validity. Uh, but I didn't always feel this way. For about a decade, I felt just the opposite. I felt worthless. I felt like a failure. I was grinding it out in the dating space for 10 full years without one relationship to show for it. And I'm not a terrible person. I'm a great person. I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm funny. I'm smart. I'm a lot of really great things that just weren't adding up. If I'm all of these things, if I know who I am, why am I still single? And it never made any sense. And of course it doesn't make any sense because you might've gathered the modern dating space doesn't make any sense. Um, it's really difficult. It has become very cold and very digital. And, um, in the grand scheme of human history, how we're dating now, modern dating right now is wild. It is a toy that did not come with instructions. And we are just sort of building the Barbie dream house while we play with it. <laughs> we're not doing a very good job. We're not taking very good care of the people inside of it. Um, so what a single person is dealing with today is a very unique and very challenging experience. And often things don't make sense. It doesn't make sense how you know so many amazing single women in your life and you can't understand why they're single. Um, I know a lot of amazing single women in my life too. And I know why we're single. We haven't met our partners yet. And the difficulty in meeting our partners is where that frustration and exhaustion and anger, all of it, that's where all of it lives. But it doesn't have to stay. And I hope that work like mine is part of how we move from a place of lack and shame and frustration and anger and into a place of not just getting through our singlehood, but enjoying it for however long it lasts, because that's what we deserve. Because this is an actually like an amazing time in our lives. I say this all the time. The worst day to figure out how amazing singlehood is, is the day you get married. We have our singlehood now. Let's enjoy it now. And let's understand that it is something you actually can enjoy. It's not just something to survive or to get through or to shut your eyes and swipe your way out of. Singlehood is a lot more than that. So that's why I do what I do. That was a tangent. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you something that I recently published that I think helps explain what singles are thinking and maybe hopefully explains why we deserve a bit more respect. Um, and also I just, I love Costco. Can I just, can I just say that? And this is about Costco. So the title of this essay, and I will link to it in the show notes, if you would rather read it on your own time and not listen to it. And remember swear words are incoming everybody. Okay. So the title of this episode is single people shouldn't have Costco memberships. And of course that title is listed in air quotes. Here we go. By now we've established that I use our internet to air grievances in a way that is fiscally beneficial. May whatever hurts my feelings make me money is not only a motto, it's a tax bracket. I have one small addendum to this adage, and that is, if you hurt the feelings of a single woman and I hear about it, I'll not only make money off of your foul manners, I might also spend it. Anyway, I just bought my first ever Costco membership. The purchase was inspired by someone bullying my people, and I'd like to tell you about it. 
I recently received an email from a podcast listener of mine who is single. She shared an experience she had at Costco. She'd been shopping there, minding her own business, and deftly maneuvering a shopping cart the size of a teenage rhinoceros when she saw an acquaintance of hers. This, of course, is my nightmare, but she had manners and said hello. As the two were speaking, the acquaintance looked inside my listener's cart and noticed a quite large bunch of bananas, as the only quantity of bananas sold at Costco is quite large. Upon seeing the fruit, the acquaintance looked down her nose and said, Single people shouldn't have Costco memberships. Holy Spirit, activate. If I'd overheard this conversation, this acquaintance would have met the business end of a five-pound bag of lemons straight to the kisser, so perhaps it's for the best that I was not present at the time. My listener, who didn't deserve one ounce of this, wrapped up her polite chat and went home to make smoothies with her bananas, and if you're wondering, she used every last one. Because as it turns out, single people do actually know how to shop for themselves. Bitch. It's the dismissal for me. The, you shouldn't be in the place you're currently in because you don't deserve smart deals on food and sundries unless you have a spouse and or offspring. You don't qualify. You aren't enough to be here. Please abandon your cart immediately and go pay more at Kroger where you belong, peasant. Single people shouldn't have Costco memberships. Fuck immediately off. Reducing single people to a cohort of humans who couldn't possibly use Costco quantities because they're so alone in this life is, among other atrocities, antiquated behavior. Did this human barnacle go home and churn her own butter later that afternoon before lighting the evening lamps, too? If you're a single person, I'm sorry you have to deal with situations like this. I'm sorry people look at you, at your life and the actions you take, and impart their superiority and judgments upon you because our world doesn't hold single as sacred. We only hold married or partnered as sacred, as worthy of respect and privacy, and as insulated from insulting commentary on topics that are none of our business. I'm sorry singles are open season for saying whatever bullshit springs to mind. We don't deserve it. But more importantly, most, if not all of it, is factually wrong, and you don't have to let it slide. Of course single people should have Costco memberships. I'll do you one more and say we're actually the only ones who deserve them. You think your life is expensive? Try not splitting it, you acidic, gaping wound of a person. Couples split rent, mortgages, bills, vacations, the cost of gifts, the mental load of running a household. Lol, I've seen these husbands. No, they fucking don't. Pet costs, transportation costs, you name it. They're splitting it or getting a tax advantage for it. Who actually deserves to save a little coin on a multi-pack of razors, I ask you? Assuming someone doesn't need that much of something because they're single reduces what we are to a level of lessness that I am done with. It is enough of being viewed as unfinished, unwanted, or somehow doing things wrong simply because we're single. We couldn't all get shit-faced and hook up with the cute guy in marketing six Christmas parties ago, Audrey. That was your path in life. This is ours. Is there not a drop of sensitivity or perspective in these people? It can actually be really hard to meet someone as a single adult. And forget romantic partners. It's even hard to make new friends. And through friends is how most of you met your romantic partners. Particularly as you get older and don't have children, which is how all parents make friends once they have kids. You know I'm fucking right. Because parents, because having friends with kids who play with kids, sorry, I'll restart that sentence. Because having friends with kids who play with your kids is more convenient than having friends who don't have kids. So you all shift into groups of, of parent friends and leave your single friends at home to see your group photos on Instagram and feel like we don't qualify anymore. We're scooched off to the side of life to make way for people in pairs and little families because those people make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside, whereas a single woman on her own really just drags down the mood, you know? If anyone deserves discount wine, it's singles. 
It's the ones that make for odd numbers at tables, and for some reason that makes everyone feel awkward, who get sad head tilts and frowned mouths whenever they're spoken of, who in the minds of couples are somehow lesser in life status than those who just happen to agree to have sex with only each other from now on. I am exhausted. I am exhausted with the outdated notion that a single person isn't real yet. A household with one person living in it is full. It contains a family. And it needs a freezer full of affordable veggie burgers and emergency goat cheese, you assholes. All that this rude, superior-feeling being did at the end of the day was turn one more single person into a card-carrying member of Costco. Me. Inspired by this listener's email, I bought a membership. I went to Costco, and I bought two giant bags of the coffee I use every day for a price so cheap it was the equivalent of getting about four normal-sized bags of it for free. Single people shouldn't have Costco memberships. Couple people shouldn't have mouths from which to speak, but I keep my offensive thoughts to myself. I have manners. It's really important for singles to know that they don't have to be sweet when people say things like this. There's no need to act as a human shock absorber for other people's rudeness. It's okay to fire back when they fire first. Here's what I would have said to an acquaintance who said this to me, and feel free to customize it to suit your purposes. Actually, single people should have Costco memberships because we're full people and Costco helps us save money the same way it helps you save money. We buy the things we need at a more affordable price by buying them in bulk. Is it the bulk part that worries you? Do you think I'm buying things that I'm just going to waste because I couldn't possibly finish them before they rot? Do you think I don't know how food works? Do you think I'm just frivolously choosing to do my shopping in a freezing warehouse? Do you think I find this lighting flattering? My purchases aren't a waste just as I am not a waste. Me stopping to speak to a person who still thinks single women are pathetic rejects of society while completely ignoring the fact that marriage doesn't actually anoint you in any real way other than the ways we've completely made up was a waste of my time. You're wearing a wedding ring, not a fucking crown, Donna. Now piss off to frozen foods, you narrow-minded nitwit, and leave our valid, whole, free single lives out of your mouth. I go to Costco for the same reason you do. The samples. Goodbye. If you are a member of my audience, uh, thank you so much for listening as always. And I will see you next week on Patreon. If you are not a member of my audience, if you listen to this episode because someone shared it with you, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a perspective on singlehood that you maybe haven't heard before. I appreciate you listening and taking in this information. That means a lot to me and that means a lot to my audience. So I wanted to say a huge thank you to you. And I hope that you and everyone you love have a very happy holiday season. 